look at the flying saucer? Sure, go ahead. Jackie, isn't it weird? Yeah. Well, your Indian village won't win any awards, but that flying saucer is first rate. I wonder how it's How long did it take to put something like that together? Look at this. I can push on the step and it doesn't move. It just wiggles Kids, a little. Kids, get out from under there. Come on, they don't have any insurance in places like this. Welcome to Generation Lost, the show about movies with Bryn and also Jeremy. That's right. It's the show about movies, and um, we won't be satisfied until everything is about movies. <laughs> I will never be satisfied, even when everything is about movies. Everything has to be about movies. We should, Nothing should be about games. There will be no presidents <laughs> of America, only presidents of movies. Yeah. No, the president of the United States of America will be... Daniel Day Lewis as Lincoln. Ooh, I love that idea. <laughs> Honestly, I think if you put Daniel Day Lewis as Lincoln in the presidency now, he'd do a better job than regular Lincoln. Mean <laughs> <laughs> to say then this Joker they got in there now, this fucking dipshit they got up there. Oh my tottering god, around, dude. So I was at the I was at the drugstore this morning, um, and uh, there was like a National Enquirer. And the headline, it's a picture of like Biden, like looking cross-eyed. <laughs> it says like, does Joe Biden have dementia? Right. And I was like, I was like, how is that your headline now? Yeah. <laughs> In fucking August of his first year. Like that must be their headline every week. <laughs> every month. There's no does way that it's still not. still have yeah. dementia? <laughs> how did you just come to it now? <laughs> <laughs> the news moves too fast, man. <laughs> They can't keep up anymore. <laughs> They're like, let, let's let. What is the national the National Enquirer? It's like a. Um, I always get it confused with World Weekly News, but it's the- not. It's not them. <laughs> Although they had a great headline today on their Twitter. Wait, that do was, they still um, exist? Not, a, not mostly, in print. Right? It's mostly in social now. Yeah, I think yeah. they do a print version like once or twice a year, but um, but they they had a headline today on their Twitter that was like, um, uh, Hunter Biden laptops found in all fifty states. <laughs> Well, there's just the onion now. <laughs> but I feel like something like the National Enquirer, which is basically what the World Weekly News is making fun of, right? right. Um, I feel like they're reaching to a point where they're like, what can, what's really, they're like an old man being like, what's really racy and spicy? Yeah, yeah, and they're yeah. like, Joe uh, Biden, does he have dementia? <laughs> Nancy Pelosi's seen smooching Lindsey Graham. Yeah, yeah, yeah like, exactly. What? It's Who like, cares? Bill Clinton had <laughs> sex with an intern. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> no, that already happened. <laughs> yeah, we live in a world where like literally a a third of the population fully believes that everyone in Congress is literally raping and eating children. Yeah. Dude, how <laughs> so funny, like, wait, how how funny would it be if if now in 2021 Bill Clinton got busted for like fucking an internet like the Clinton Foundation? <laughs> And they like try to make a whole thing out of it, and they're just like, "He's fucking an intern." We know. We've been doing this since he's I was like a kid. Ninety. He's ninety. He's. You gotta just let him have it. 
<laughs> yeah. Do you remember that Patton Oswald bit about like every birthday after nine? Oh yeah, you get to break a new law. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He's uh, he's way past rape. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, the National Enquirer really reaching at this point. Yeah. Um, but this is not about newspapers. No, this it's is a certainly show, not. This is a show about movies. It is. So, Jeremy, what have you watched this week? Wow, thanks for asking. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, I I watched um, a Netflix series that uh, I have talked about on this show before, but there's a new season of it, so I wanted to talk about it again. Uh, it is called Never Have I Ever, and it is... Oh. Um, uh, executive produced by Mindy Kaling, um, Kaling, Kaling. No, Kaling. Kaling. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, so you think of Ezra Koenig. Yes, <laughs> that is who I'm thinking of. Um, yeah, so it's it's executive produced by Mindy Kaling, and it is about. Is she on it? No, no, no. That's what's great about it is she's not on it. Great, uh, <laughs> but she's like clearly influencing it. So it is the story of a young um, Indian girl who is in high school, uh, and. Uh, Oh, she like. <laughs> I was imagining a game show about Never Have I Ever. No, that would be um, very fun too. No, it's um, it's it's a sitcom, and it's uh, so it's an Indian girl who's in high school, and she has like a little group of friends and whatever, and um, it's uh, uh, narrated by not uh, who McEnroe, John McEnroe, the the tennis player John what? McEnroe, yeah. The so, whole show uh-huh. is narrated by John McEnroe. John McEnroe. So there's like a joke in the beginning Why? of the show about how... So the, the story of it is that it's this Indian girl whose father dies in like some tragic way in front of her. And her depression manifests itself in like disabling her legs entirely. So she's just like in a wheelchair for the next like year. And then one day oh. her depression like stops doing that to her and she's able to walk again. And so she's this like constant pariah around her school as this girl who like was in a wheelchair and then wasn't. And so everybody thinks she like <laughs> faked it. Yeah, of course um, I would. <laughs> so she's just like, so the show starts from that place of her being that character in her school still grieving her father oh okay so you don't even that's like there's no episodes where no, she's no no in no, the, no, no. Okay. it's literally like the opening thing is is john McEnroe telling you this whole thing about how she was in a wheelchair for a year but <laughs> there's something about how she and her father like loved tennis and so john McEnroe is like and that's why i'm the narrator of the show anyway <laughs> <laughs> and like by the time we get to like we're in like the second season now it's like you really don't even remember any of that stuff <laughs> but it's just like every so often you'll be like Hey, why is John McEnroe the guy who does... The dad liked tennis. Because he makes reference to it, too. Like, he'll do little asides where he's like, like this reminds me of, like... Andre Agassi. Exactly, yeah. yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it is a very funny show. It's pretty good. Okay. Um, and this season, the thing I wanted to talk about in this season in particular is, like, they've gone into, like, wish fulfillment in a very interesting way that you don't really see in a lot of shows where, like, it is... So, like, there's a common thing that happens with Asian people in in media where they are, like, made completely sexless and made completely impotent and, like, uninteresting in that way. And um, one of the the best shows for this, actually, was um, Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. The main love interest was... um, It's a show? Yeah, yeah. Very good show, also. Uh, Very (laughs) funny. Um, but, uh, the main love interest was this like super jacked Filipino himbo and like (laughs) you never once question like, why is he the object of affection? You're just like, that is a hot, like himbo Filipino guy. And so this is, you know, 
a little more like grounded than that. And so, you know, the main character is, is an Indian girl and she is like by the end of the season, fucking the hottest guy in her school. (laughs) And it, it feels weird, but it feels weird in like a funny way where they're kind of like poking fun at the idea of wish fulfillment. He's half white, half Japanese. Okay. Um, Does he look like, hmm, okay. He's extremely hot. Did you ever see, um, did you ever see the good place? I've seen a couple episodes. They didn't like it. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. That's fascinating. The Good Place is great. I know everybody tells me it is. I it never did it for me. The first season is weird because you're like, okay, they're in heaven. Heaven is weird. Yeah. And then the at the end of the first season, you find out that they're not in heaven. They're in hell. Interesting. And that Ted Danson is not an angel. He's a demon who is trying to find figure out a way to torture people humanely what or psychologically interesting and so he has created this this thing where you think it's the good place but it's actually the but bad it's place. actually the bad place uh and it sucks and basically taking like the sartre thing of like hell is other people yeah and he's like trying to do that but people keep realizing that it's the bad place which kind of fucks up the idea of it and then trying to escape yeah and so they kind of all have to work together to figure out a system of how to punish people or if there should be a punish people. So the, the next four seasons after that don't have that, but you don't find that out until the end of the first season. Interesting. So it ends up being really fascinating and, and very funny. Yeah. Um, Maybe I'll give it another shot. It's a tough start. And, and I, and I only spoil that season ender. Yeah. Uh, because, because like, otherwise, otherwise I'll never watch it. Yeah. And I, and I, and I wouldn't put it cause I think the first season is pretty slow and you're like, what is the point of this? Yeah, who They're the in fuck heaven. Cares? Who cares? Yeah. Uh, but it gets really interesting um, wow. and fascinating. Uh, but sorry. Uh, oh, so, <laughs> no, so but in that show, there's a mm. as an Asian guy who uh, his name is Jason. Okay. Um, and I'm wondering if it's the same actor. It's a um, young guy. It's uh, oh, okay. He's very very young. Um, but so the funniest of the wish fulfillment things, though, and this is like one of the funniest versions of this I've ever seen on film, and I highly recommend it just for this is. The main girl, uh, Davy's uh, mother, is just like a middle-aged Indian woman who has like a skincare practice, <laughs> and um, the guy who rents the she's sp- like a dermatologist. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, the guy across the hall from her is um, rapper Common. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, in her apartment. In her in her office, the guy who rents the office across the hall from her is Common. <laughs> who's also a dermatologist in the show. Oh, not playing himself. No, no, no. He's just a guy. He's just the hottest <laughs> dermatologist yeah. in the world. extremely sexy. Just uh, works across the hall from her. And then, like, they just start <laughs> dating and hooking up. The mom and her? The mom and Common start <laughs> hooking up. And the mom, I really can't stress this enough. She's, like, a, she's a good-looking woman, but, I mean, she's very much just a middle-aged Indian woman. She's not Common. <laughs> No, she couldn't possibly be common. <laughs> it's really, really fascinating. It's very funny, and it like it definitely feels wrong. And you're like watching, you're like, this doesn't make any sense. <laughs> but you're kind of like laughing at how much it doesn't make sense, so it kind of works in its own way. <laughs> That's funny. I don't because I do. I knew. I know that trope. Like Lavar Burton would talk about that mm-hmm. on Star Trek: The Next Generation, of just like there was a time in the '90s where it was like you could be a different, you could be non-white on television, but you couldn't fuck on television. Right. Um, and they would do this to black men. 
uh, Asian men, mm-hmm. especially men. Um, but sure, I'm sure women. I mean, sure. you hardly well, ever. S- I don't know. I mean, like Asian women have always had sort of a special place in right. in-, <laughs> in white men's yeah. fantasies. <laughs> yes, um, but there's like uh, Indian women. I don't think we're as commonly, yeah. you know, um, but it is interesting. I don't, I can't, cause then on like shows that were like on UPN, mm-hmm. you know, shows that were made by and marketed to like black markets, um, you'd, f- it'd be fine. But like, even at, the, I even growing up, like quote unquote miscegenation on television was just like barely ever seen. Yeah. I remember, um, hearing about when Pelican Brief came out, like that it was supposed to end with with Denzel Washington kissing Julia Roberts, and it doesn't, right? Because they were like, "No, you can't." Yeah, yeah. How, what are they gonna say? And it was like, "What? <laughs> what? What would people <laughs> what say? What would about people this? say? It's the '90s. Like, yeah. I don't know." Um, but I still don't feel like I really see. You don't see it a lot, and especially not this configuration of it, where it's like indian woman who is like a player in her own like like because the beginning of the season is that davy has like the hottest guy in school is like wrapped around her finger and then also like the smartest guy in school is and so she has a love triangle between the two of them where she's dating the both of them at the same time and trying to hide them from each other oh that's always fun it's always fun (laughs) and it works exactly how it would in a regular you know sitcom sort of scenario but in this case it's also just like it's it's an indian woman who's just like fucking big pimpin <laughs> yeah that's fun kind of rules yeah very good show um very fun it's a little corny at times but i i quite like it what would you compare it to like what are the plots like uh, is it just uh like it's like teen stuff so it's like there will be like an episode where like so one of the best episodes of the season i don't even know if this all happens in the course of an episode but one of the best i'll say plot lines of the season okay is that um you know, Davy has just gotten through this like love triangle thing and like the two guys have found out about each other and they both dumped her. And so she's at her lowest point. And then out of nowhere, a new Indian girl comes to her school who is cooler and, and Uh-oh. like hotter than her. <laughs> and she's like, no, no, this can't be. You're not allowed. You're not allowed. This, this is, is not my, okay. It's my <laughs> this turn. This is my only thing. I am, <laughs> I am the Indian girl and I just got through being hot for a second and now it's over and you're here to like swoop up <laughs> with what remains. And like the smart guy goes immediately to her and of like course. replaces Davy with her. And so the the plot line is about them kind of like being forced into each other's gravitational field and like ending up becoming friends. But then uh, Davy like kind of accidentally, but mostly like out of spite, like uh, uh, says to somebody like, uh, like, I think that she's fucking anorexic or something. And then that becomes like a rumor around the school. And then everybody's like, I think she's fucking anorexic. Everybody's saying she's anorexic. And then she's like, that's why I had to leave my, my last school is because I actually was anorexic oh. and like everybody found out and they bullied me and now I'm at this school where everybody's found out again and now <laughs> <laughs> I guess I'm going to another new school. <laughs> oh, that's sad. But then like there's like a, you know, they, they, they end up figuring it out. They figure it out. That's good. So but it it's is like that kind of show. Sort of like Freaks and Geeks kind yes, of. Yes, 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 yes. It's like high a high school comedy drama thing. Exactly. It's, it's a genuinely funny high school show that has some amount of high school drama in it and as it well. takes place now yes okay that's interesting uh-huh. are do they look like kids yes actually 
That's really interesting. Um, surprisingly enough, yeah, the they all look their age except for um, the hot guy. Who looks uh, old. Who looks a little older, But yeah. he's probably not that much older. He's maybe in his early 20s. Okay. Um, but, yeah, he Because I've been... Like, um, me and my friend... Uh, we're obsessed with a show called Roswell when we were kids. Mm-hmm. Of course. And we've been watching it, going back and watching it uh, in order. Um, and that is very funny because they're like 28. Oh, sure. Like, <laughs> they're not even close. Well, but you have to make a decision, right? Because it's like you, like if you want to make them sex objects in the show. Right. You can't you do it can't to children. do kids because that feels, you ever go back and watch The Wonder Years? Yes. The Wonder Years feels so fucking weird because of Winnie. Of Winnie because yeah. she's a child and Kevin, you know, wants to fuck her and you're seeing it from Kevin's perspective and so like they put like the soft focus on her and they do like the uh-huh. the music and yeah. whatever when she like comes in and whatever like <laughs> any girl these dating is a real child and they yeah. do all that. And I feel like it's even weirder because it's narrated by an adult man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like him looking back Still being yeah, like, Marv from oh, I uh, Home Alone. To fuck her. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, it's Daniel Stern. Yeah. Oh uh-huh. yeah. That's the that narrator. That is weird. But uh, yeah, it, it, it's. At, I feel like it's played for laughs. In, sure, sure. In um in uh, the Wonder Years, but it's it definitely still feels weird. It doesn't always land as a laugh. Yeah. No. I mean, freaks and geeks. They look pretty young. Um. It does land in Pen Fifteen though. In Ooh, Pen Fifteen, it's yeah, so funny. I still have funny to watch that. Man, I need like a like, list of shows that you recommend. Really, really little kids. Every time, <laughs> like really little. <laughs> so like, where they're like, "Oh my god, he's so fucking hot!" And then it's like a kid with like braces, <laughs> and he's wearing like Adidas flip flops, and like he has like like a gigantic swimsuit on with like water in the pockets. <laughs> oh, that's cute. Oh. <laughs> um, yeah, you gotta watch Pen Fifteen. Yeah, dude. I need it's a so list good. of like shows to watch because like this week I was like, I want to watch a show. Yeah, like, I just want to watch little bites. You still things. haven't finished. Uh, you still haven't finished extras. Oh, the whole second season. Yeah, you never. You Shit. never got back to The Simpsons. I never. Oh, oh, I did start watching The yeah, Simpsons. Yeah, you did like a season of The Simpsons. Oh yeah, it was pretty funny. Yeah, you never got back to it. Yeah. Well, I didn't watch any of that stuff this week. This week, I well, actually, uh, the show I thought you were going to say for some reason was The Hustler. Oh yes, which I which did, is back, and I've watched the last five episodes. But oh, it's which not by the way, over. By the way, uh, there is a big casting call thing for Netflix right now that you can you can put your name in the hat for the circle the show where you lie and pretend to be somebody else if you want to. Ooh. And I know that's right up your alley. Yeah, because I signed up for The Hustler. Uh huh. I hope I get it someday. Um, it's also weird because the hustler has um, one of the hustlers. I'm trying to make sure I'm not spoiling this for anybody. One of the hustlers is a football coach uh-huh. and like knows Snoop Dogg, like a f- kind of famous person with like 30,000 tw- Twitter followers. Uh-huh. So like not that famous, but like they show their book. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They're like, this person wrote a book and like, sold a lot of stuff yeah and, it's, yeah, yeah. and everyone's like who is how can this person have like all of and then, but it's just like some random trainer and like football coach it's so fun to think Sorry, of like NFL you coach. on the on the hustler and it's just like daniel craig just like the hustler is a communist <laughs> <laughs> and everyone's like looking around just like who could it be I'm and like, you're I just like know. you're like i love capitalism actually yeah. no i voted hillary yeah <laughs> 
<laughs> I supported Elizabeth Warren. I'm not even a Bernie bro. Yeah. <laughs> oh no, you you supported Klobuchar. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm a big Tulsi Gabbard fan. <laughs> I don't, I don't pay attention to politics. I yeah. don't know anything about it. But I like that um, Tulsi because she surfs <laughs> and I surf. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm a big surfer. I live in LA. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the um, hustler makes synthesizers for a living. <laughs> oh, I play guitar. I don't know. No, anything. you don't. No, you don't. You don't play guitar. Don't say that. Okay. Well, I don't know. How to, I don't know what to lie about. I've got two left hands. I couldn't possibly. I don't think I should not. Well, We'll figure it out. <laughs> when I when I get this, we'll con- we'll consult and figure out what to lie about. Oh, uh, how much would it suck if you got it, but you don't get to be the hustler? You're one of the other people. I was thinking about that, and I think it would be kind of fun too. Yeah. Like I, I it wouldn't be as fun, but it would be pretty fun. I feel like I'd be pretty upset. Anyway, the movie I actually watched this. <laughs> yeah, what week did you watch? Was uh. It's a weird one, but I watched Gremlins 2, mm. <laughs> um, <laughs> which um, I had never seen before. Yeah. And I, so have you seen this movie? Yes. Okay. Um, man, fascinating movie. Because mm-hmm. I, I saw Gremlins 1 for the first time a couple years ago. Yeah. Um, I didn't grow up with it, and I hated it. Yeah, it sucks. It's a bad movie. It really super sucks, um, and so does 2. Like, no. Okay. <laughs> I mean, yes, it does. It's awful. It's a mm-hmm. it's a bizarre f- feature, but it's um I th- my problem with Gremlins 1 is and I'm I feel like there's probably a couple people who are listening to this who are like, "You idiots, it's sure, a fantastic." Yeah. This movie that, You're wrong, unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> but Gremlins 1 and has you're, a, and you're probably here from Giant Bomb if you're one of those people. <laughs> yeah. Gremlins 1 <laughs> has a weird fan base of just like people who like think it's one of the best movies ever made. Oh, sure. Well, it's people um, who grew up with it. I mean, that's the only people it's who It's for think babies. That. It's for babies. And it's a baby movie that is even bad on baby movie standards. I don't know why I, it's a little better than like like a I'm, to, I'm like spacing on any other children's movie right now <laughs> but, but like, like usually movies like that for kids have a plot sure and like some sort of stakes and and you know i like that he that gets the gremlins from the from from a racist caricature that's fun <laughs> yeah that's very funny um, um i like that the the i mean i like the practical effects the puppets are nice the little mogwai is very cute oh yeah no i love all those things about it but like as a movie it doesn't work like yeah. there's no you don't you, there's a lot of unanswered questions there's you're like, what is the point of this? What's going to happen? How? Mm. Do, I don't really understand it. I didn't really like it. I, I thought it was like it kept having like moments of fun, and then like f- making me feel like I was leaving, like leaving me flat. But this movie <laughs> is a movie that. So the history of this movie was that the mo- Gremlins comes out in 1984, does huge numbers. It costs 11 million dollars. It made. Two hundred million dollars, yeah, big ass movie, big fucking movie for this company, Warner Brothers, mm-hmm. and they're like Joe Dante. Let's make another one. Right. He's like, no, that's stupid. <laughs> and they're like, well, we're gonna do anyway. And he was like, and they were like, okay, fine. So they hired a bunch of writers, they hired directors. Everything kept falling through. They couldn't make the movie for years and years. Right. Six years later, they say Joe Dante, you must make Gremlins two. We will give you thirty million dollars. And we, you'll have final cut. Mm-hmm. You can do anything. And so this guy, who's already a weird guy, 
who has spent his whole career doing like trying to get strange subversive films made mm. um what else did he make anything i know uh joe versus the volcano okay um god joe dante did some weird stuff um the howling uh piranha inner space the burbs oh i know inner space oh, i know the burbs yeah um weird like dark comedy sure, stuff yeah, like he's yeah. really interested okay matinee um he directed a part of twilight zone the movie like he's always doing like strange stuff and so he's like what am i gonna do with 30 million dollars and so he set out to make the stupidest movie ever um and just like parody the concept of gremlins parody the concept of sequels yeah um and it it really shows this movie is a movie where (laughs) they're like what if we he it seems like he got his friend to write it Mm because the guy didn't ever make anything else or write anything else after this um but you know it was like let's have an excuse to do the most insane practical effects to just sort of lampoon like corporations and like the concept of marketing um and cashing in as a concept right and it does that really well and it's funny because he he talked about in interviews <laughs> how they were just like had they were throwing insane ideas at the wall and like couldn't they were trying to come in under budget. But um, he was like, I wanted to like make a movie like Jacques Tati's play playtime. <laughs> you know, like he was just like spending all this time just doing whatever he wanted. So it ends up being an insane movie about the same thing where it's just like working in this shitty job that the kid hates. And then the gremlins happen again. Um, and that's all. Yeah. But it, it, it ends up trying to be about how bad of an idea the movie is. And it's constantly saying to the camera, this is a stupid movie and you shouldn't have made it. You yeah. shouldn't have let me do this. I guess I, I'm trying, I feel like I haven't seen it in a long ass time. Cause all I remember is that it's just like, Oh yeah, they do the gremlins again. Yeah. But like, there's a point in the movie where the gremlins break the movie and then people in the theater who are watching gremlins 2 are like boo gremlins (laughs) stop making this movie break and then people are leaving the theater and they're like this is the worst movie ever seen you shouldn't show this and they're like we just show the movies we didn't make the movie and then hulk hogan stands up and tells the gremlins (laughs) to turn the movie back on or i'll kick their ass i gotta watch this again i don't remember any of this it's fucking insane. <laughs> it's a Looney Tunes movie. Yeah. Like it starts with the Looney Tunes arguing about who's in control of Warner Brothers. Right. And then they cut to the movie. And then like the one of the gremlins, like there's weird, lots of si- sight gags. Like one of the gremlins <laughs> finds it's just a bottle that says acid. Do not throw in face. <laughs> and then just like throws it in someone's face. Uh, one of them drinks bimbo vacation juice and like gets hot and rapes a guy. Uh, <laughs> one of them becomes really smart and is just like on like Charlie Rose. Um, <laughs> And there's like funny stuff in it where it's mocking people who are detractors of the first movie where it's like they cut to Leonard Malton being like Gremlins was released on VHS today. One of the stupidest movies I've ever seen in my entire life. And then the Gremlins just choke him to death. (laughs) (laughs) It's really funny. It's like a it's a goofy Looney Tunes movie with a bunch of excuses to do insane practical effects. Yeah. And I really uh, I really enjoyed it. Um, Yeah. 
it 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 has like this weird sense of 80s um like uh corporation stuff it's it's one of the strangest depictions of a rich guy because the guy who they they're in this like super corporation building like robocop right um and it's like a high-tech diehard style building like the whatever that fucking japanese building is in in diehard um Japanese building at Die Hard. What is the name of that? It's like Nagasaki Place or something. Oh, Nagatomi Plaza. Nagatomi. Um, yeah, it's like that kind of thing. Um, and they wanted it to be the entirety of New York, but they couldn't afford it, so they made sure, it this one yeah. building. But like the building he works in has all of these rules. It's like Brazil. Like they're like, you can't come in here with that card because you need this certification <laughs> and like really weird stuff. And he's just like hates his life and he's drawing and then his boss is like sexually harassing him and phoebe cates is like living in this apartment with him and uh-huh. it's all it's a strange movie and i can't really explain all of it um but i was really surprised um that it went that that he said he like set out to create the most unconventional studio picture of all time yeah uh, and then i think I can't really think of an example of something that isn't doesn't like succeeds better than it. Did it do well? How did it? No, do? terrible. <laughs> well, he because he was saying he's like first of all, he talked about this like he's like first of all, it's six years later. Nobody cares. Nobody like cares. we've seen yeah. this happen with Jaws. We've seen this happen with like all of these other like sequels that people don't really care about. It's like too long. Um, also it's the gremlins there's nothing more to do except gremlins again yeah. and, and everyone in the movie is like because he finds uh the mogwai uh gizmo mm-hmm. he like finds him the way it, it's all sort of uh stupid the way it gets set up and he's like oh what are you doing here and he's like hey phoebe cates will you come to my office and pick up gizmo and she's like what the things that like destroyed our whole town like six years ago and he's like yeah she's like no (laughs) (laughs) and like everyone who knows about it is like traumatized right Um, well it's like the the um it's like how the friday the 13th movies always feel where you're like how do they keep how does this keep happening how do you yeah why why do you keep going back to the camp yeah why why do you keep you gotta just nobody know about this yeah exactly like all these kids keep turning up dead there's the one time in jason lives where they're just like that was years ago and we don't talk about it we (laughs) changed the name of the town yeah it's a different place different place um (laughs) it's a very very bizarre movie because it 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 knows how stupid it is and i think i i feel like later on because it was 1990 um yeah and, uh, that's a big problem too it's like six years is its own thing but then additionally that it's like it's now 1990 it's like <laughs> it it couldn't be a less similar like well also they talk about how it was just like put up against insane like the opening weekend it opened against like i don't know what came out in 1990 i looked it up before but it was like a ton of huge movies yeah that they were just like I feel like even they knew they weren't going to make their $30 million back. They just like wanted it to like have an excuse to do more marketing. Um, oh, I was going to say, it's one of the weirdest depictions of a rich guy. Because right. instead of being evil or because there's like really like multimillionaires, billionaire like depictions in the 80s and 90s were usually like evil guys, like super evil corporation or whatever, or just like normal like 
you know, dick sucking millionaires of like, Oh, I'm very rich and I'm going to help you like with your life, you know? Um, but it, it, he is an idiot. Like he's a huge moron who doesn't know anything. And he's just like constantly be like, Oh, all I know is how to market things. All I know is how to merchandise things. But he's just like a dumbass in every other aspect of his life. (laughs) He's just like constantly like hurting himself (laughs) (laughs) with like coffee and stuff. Um, it's really bizarre because he's just like clearly has no idea how he got into this position uh, or, or, or how to get out of it. And he's just like, I'll help. I don't know. I'm rich. <laughs> um, These movies are pretty crazy, by the way. What? 1990. Gremlins? We've got Misery, Edward Scissorhands, Oof. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, which probably oh, would have been boy. its biggest competitor. competitor. Goodfellas. Uh, wow. Yeah. Total Recall. It. Wow. I think it was a TV movie. But I, it's funny. I remember... Um, Ernest Goes to Jail. <laughs> I don't know. Were those movies that popular? I know all my friends like Kindergarten Cop. Oof. Yeah, it just feels like people didn't really want it anymore. Yeah. And it, and it wasn't made for anybody who would have wanted it. Like, this is right. the thing. Is that I feel like there's this sense now of like subverting tropes right. is like the cool thing you have to do. And I don't know if it's now, maybe more so 10 years ago, but it seemed like subverting tropes was like the cool thing to do. Um, this is what James Gunn gets like the horrendously beautiful mind of for. Right. Um, but this movie doesn't feel like it's subverting tropes. It just loathes the concept of itself mm-hmm. in a way that I've never really seen before. Yeah, or the, since. You don't really see a lot of self-loathing films. Yeah. Like it just hates the last movie. It hates that it, this is the, how he gets to have fun is like Warner brothers gives him more money than he's ever had for any movie to do the dumbest thing possible. And it's just a movie where he's just like, I, I guess I, I guess I'll do this and have as much fun with it as I can. Yeah. And he does. And it's, it's very fun. Um, so anyway, I would recommend watching gremlins too. If you haven't seen it or haven't ever, if you haven't ever seen it, definitely watch it. And if you, if you like, what if stup- you haven't seen gremlins one, I don't know if it matters because gremlins one has no plot yeah it's just like you a really kid works at a bank you need to know something. the rules of the gremlins basically yeah well they make fun of it constantly oh, like okay. when they're first when they're first like uh talk because he like is trying to convince everybody that there's these killer animals mm-hmm. and they all think he's crazy and the ki- guys in the newsroom in the big tower are like what do you mean after midnight? What if you're in a plane? There's midnight everywhere. And then like, as soon yeah. as that's happening, and, like, isn't a gremlin it comes after out and midnight? kills <laughs> Like, what does that mean? <laughs> yeah. But then the Why gremlin wouldn't you comes, just say kills. in the sunlight? <laughs> <laughs> no. Oh, but sunlight does kill the gremlins. Right. And that's how they try to kill him. Yeah. But then like, why wouldn't you phrase it as like, you don't feed them in the dark. Right. I don't know it, but then questioning it makes you die in this movie. <laughs> right. <laughs> Cause they'll just kill you for it. Um, Man, there's some really funny stuff in it. Uh, like the smart gremlin, he takes like the weird cloning juice or mm-hmm. whatever that they take. And he's like, hello, I'm an amazingly smart gremlin. And I'm going to go talk to Charlie Rose. And we just want civilization. But he's like a fascist for some reason. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and he's like, he's like, what we worship here as gremlins is anarchy. Look at this chap here. And he like, there's like a little kid gremlin. And he just takes a gun and points it at his face and pulls the trigger. <laughs> just kills this gremlin he's like this is the kind of culture we'd like to have (laughs) it's so weird uh anyway 
So that was kind of a weird kids movie. And we watched another weird kids movie this we week. We did, yes. And it's called The Flight of the Navigator. Um, it's from 1986. Uh, it's directed by Randall Kleiser, uh, who's directed a couple things that you've probably heard of. Um, not that I can remember any of them at the moment. Um, but have you ever heard of this movie? No, I've I knew nothing about this coming in. This is very interesting. <laughs> so this is a movie. Uh, oh, he he's famous for directing Grease. Okay, um, I like. He Grease. directed. It was his first film, and then he did uh, a couple other stuff that people have heard of, like the Blue Lagoon, um, Pee Wee's Big Top or Big Top Pee Wee, I should say. Okay, uh, White Fang, Honey, I Blew Up the Kid. You know, he was like did kids yeah. movies and stuff. I've seen a few of his films. Yeah. So this was um, <laughs> this was maybe his fourth or fifth movie. I don't really. I'm not going to talk about the director because I don't know anything about it. Yeah. Um, this the reason I wanted to pick this movie is because I grew up watching it. Okay. This was a movie that I had on VHS um, that I watched over and over again. I haven't seen this movie. Like it's weird because it's a movie that is burned into my memory. Um, that just the way it feels and the the voice acting and and like the lines and the everything about it but i actually never really went back and watched it like i didn't watch it in college and like hmm, i wonder like right, i haven't right. seen this movie since i was probably 10 years old okay so it was weird for me to go back and watch it now um being an adult um i, I was actually somebody did a youtube video uh this i should probably say um this guy named captain disillusionment who is some weird SFX nerd who has a really popular YouTube channel. Sure. He just did a review. He was like, I love this movie for its special effects. And they, they solved all these insane problems in 1986 that no one really had. They invented all kinds of stuff. It was like the star Wars team who did this movie. Oh, okay. Um, Oh, okay. So that'll, that, all right, we'll come back to it. Um, you know, so it had money behind, it's a Disney movie, you know, and, and I was like, wow, this is really fascinating. The the move, the documentary, the little like 30 minute documentary he made um, about this movie on YouTube was really like fascinating because I was like, I used to love this movie as a kid and it seems really cool in the background. So I'll watch it again. I put it on the list. Um, yeah. So we watched it. Yeah. Uh, uh, should we recap what it is about? Or? Yeah, yeah. Let's okay. do a little recap. So this is a very strangely structured movie. Um, what happens is a kid... He's, he's in Florida. It's the 4th of July, having fun with his family. He wants to teach his dog how to f- catch a Frisbee. It's 1974, I think. 78. 78. Um, on the f- he's going to get his brother from the, his friend's house in the woods. He trips and falls. A flash of light happens. He falls down a ravine. Yeah, he falls down a ravine, like pretty far. A flash of light happens. And then, then he climbs out of the ravine. He climbs out of the ravine. And all of a sudden, everything is different. It's 1986. He goes back to his old house. His parents don't live there anymore. Um, and But he doesn't know it's 86 yet. He just he doesn't goes know. to the house. And they're like, no, we don't know who the fuck you are. We're calling the police. They call the police. Eventually, he gets reunited with his family. And his family have all aged eight years. Yeah. Um, and from like eight to you know sixteen is a big jump. So his little brother, yeah, his little brother's a teenager. Yeah, um, his dad and mom are older. It's Lambert from Alien. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and, uh, the- <laughs> and the the later uh, Pee Wee Herman is in this. Um, mm-hmm. But otherwise, I don't think I really know anybody in it. 
No, no, it's all small actors. It's all small actors. It's very like it's very eighties acting. Super eighties acting. There's a lot of like I was thinking about this that like there's a general like I feel like there's a general rule for eighties acting where like outside of the biggest stuff, nobody's a good actor. <laughs> but the general skill level of acting is much higher. Is much higher. Mm-hmm. Like it's very interesting to me. Like there was a little thing that I clocked in <sighs> Oh wait, Sarah Jessica Parker is in this. Movie. Sarah Jessica Parker is in this, uh, <laughs> in a weird way. In a but, weird way. Uh, but there's something that I clocked fairly early on in the in the later sequence at NASA, where there's like an emergency that happens, and they're like the alarms are going off, and there's a guy who's like who's like lock down this, do this, do this, do this, but he's reading it out of a book. And I'm like, I know that I was, was like, amazing. That's a really interesting actor's choice. That's the kind of thing that you don't see small actors do anymore. Yes. Like just little bit parts where you get to say like two lines. You don't see somebody make a decision like have some business to do. It has something to do. Like you don't know these because this has never happened to you yeah, before. You've got to figure out what the emergency is. Exactly. It's like um, I, I complained about this with um, Mayor of Easttown, how like Mayor is too good of a detective because realistically in a small town, she never would have dealt with a big murder case before it's like having the guy hold the book and like reading the the alerts out of it makes so much sense because you're like he's never experienced this before of course he's got to look at the book he doesn't know you know yeah anyway there's a lot of really fun texture stuff in this movie Uh, So, so so he he um he reunites with his family and it's a big mystery. Everybody's like, because he's come out of the ravine. He's still the same age as he went in. Nobody knows what happened to him. They thought he's been dead for eight years. He suddenly is alive and also a child. Which, and everybody's just trying to adjust to it. Which, and, like, and I guess let's do it like this because it is such a strange movie. You've never seen it going into it. It's a weird thing because the movie kind of makes a little meal out of it where it's like, this is an insane thing to have happen. You lost a child. Yeah. And these this, these parents look fucking like traumatized. Like they look old in a way that isn't like, oh, they age. It's not like, eight years. Yeah, it's, it's much more than eight years. Yeah, but they like, they look like lost a child old. You yeah, know, like yeah. they fucking are traumatized. And then their child comes back the same age. It's like some weird existential dream that they're all having. Yeah. Um. And, it, and I was surprised now that they just let this linger for a mm-hmm. while. Like there's a lot of like decision making about like what happens now. Like, yeah, it's interesting. It feels like, <laughs> it feels like the movie is short on content and sometimes yeah. that's a good thing. And sometimes that's a bad thing. Sure. Where like here, it's a really good thing because they're just like, they're like, we don't have that much to do in this movie. Mm-hmm. So why don't we take a little bit of time and like really let everybody sit with this and like, wonder and feel and like really go through the 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 whole process of like what the fuck happens in this like leftovers like scenario (laughs) (laughs) yeah because yeah and so what happens is is that uh i guess through so what they take him to the hospital because they're like what the fuck they take him to the hospital and then somehow the government finds out about this mm-hmm. um i guess i actually don't really remember how i think it's there's some sort of like radar they they pick the, up they something the, they, there's a flying saucer oh, yeah, that crashes find- and uh they're like this must be like this is t- t- the two things can't possibly happen the same day and not be related. Yeah. In the same area. Yeah. And so they, um, they ask, they're like, we think that David might be, David is the name of the kid. 
they uh, they think that he might be related to this and they want to look at him and, and research and they're like look we're not trying to take just for two days like yeah, let's yeah, yeah. we just want to look at his brain and, and make sure everything's okay so they all agree and they say like let's find out what happened um so nasa takes him back to their headquarters and And this is an interesting sequence because i feel like there's something missing here there's a piece of the movie missing here which is like so they hook him up to this machine where like he thinks and the text comes out of what he's thinking and at first they're just like what's your name and he's like it's david and the, the screen has said david already so it's like it's reading his mind and putting it onto the computer. Yeah. And they start asking him more and more intense questions about Technical like questions. space and space travel and the location of a planet and like where all these things are and whatever. And he doesn't know the answers, but his brain does. So he's just spitting out the answers without them actually like like they're reading on the computer or what. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's something missing here because I don't really know why. Like, they, they don't really give you a lot of, like, why does the government already know about this? Right. Why well, do never... they know what to do? Why does this technology exist for them? Why, mm-hmm. Like, the, it's missing something there for me where, like, they can tell you, like, I think there it's... was a kid like this before and mm-hmm. we killed him or something like that. <laughs> like, the, we experimented on him too much and he died and that's mm. why. And that'll oh, motivate really later things. You know what I mean? Like, if there's, a f- if there's an experiment earlier that went poorly, that will motivate later his decision not to stay in this timeline. So the main NASA guy acts like he's seen aliens before. Like, he yes. knows aliens exist. Yeah, he couldn't give less of it. Like, he's... <laughs> one of the worst performances in the movie for me because like when the spaceship is like up in the sky is like there it is yeah there it is he's not excited he's not he's not feeling anything this whole movie (laughs) yeah i don't remember who that guy is i think he hesseman i think yeah um he's interesting though because i feel like that that i feel like you're right and it could be like just a line in the script of like last time this happened or you know and I think they could have, if it was a... They could have given Sarah Jessica Parker something to do. Because sure. she has nothing to do in this movie. <laughs> no. Like, if you give her something where she's she, just like, she's look, like, I'm not supposed to tell you this, but, like, there was a there, there was a kid before who this happened to. Like, you didn't hear about it, obviously, because these guys fucking didn't let it get out. But right. there was a guy, bef- there was a kid before you who came here under the same circumstances and they tested him and they tested him and they never let him go home and they pushed him too far and his fucking brain exploded. Which would died. make a good reason for them, for her to be like letting him out. Yes, exactly. So what happens is, is that they, they experiment on him and then she's like, you're not going to go home. Like they're, they're, they're going to keep you here like past 48 hours. Yeah. Cause, and like, he's trying to, contact his parents and be like they're not gonna let me out so she helps him escape but in the robot which is just there for some reason just because i like that the robot sucks by the way i love (laughs) that the robot is just like a big box with wheels yeah ralph so Um, funny so but he's having like dreams at that like the spaceship is calling him um and so he hops in the robot he sneaks into the where they're keeping the spaceship in a big hangar aircraft hangar and um and then once he finally gets to the spaceship, it like opens for him in this real cool, yeah. like it's it, the spaceship 
is cool. It's made out. It looks like it's made out of mercury. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the inside of it is like some shit from um, uh, 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 the Holy Mountain. Yeah, like it looks insane. It's, it's like so a kaleidoscope cool. inside. Yeah. It's fucking amazing. It looks like mercury on the outside. It the door opens like liquid. Yeah, uh, and then the stairs are like it's really awesome. It, it looks really good too. It does not look like shit at all. It's so cool. Um, um, and this is this is one of the things where like when you said that it was the Star Wars people, this made a lot of sense to me. So the the Paul Rubens character, the the Max, the yeah. robot, um, is this like little like kind of like uh, arm eyeball, eyeball yeah. thing that's like in the ship. A hundred and ten percent, I am certain that that is the same prop that they used in Return of the Jedi. Uh, to come out of the wall, the door at uh, Jabba's palace. It does look like that. It's the same prop. It I might guarantee be. it. I think they just painted it chrome and put a little bit of extra shit on it. Yeah. It's the same thing. It looks awesome. And they did a ton of stuff because like a lot of what's happening with his eye is practical. Yeah. Even like the TV static and shit. Um, most of it is practical. Um, very, I mean, everything, almost everything in this movie is practical. Yeah. Um, except for some of the morphing stuff because they didn't really have CGI, good CGI at the time. Right. Um, but, but so this is about where the movie, I think, kind of falls apart for yeah. a little while. It well, comes back together at the end yeah. nicely. Well, what's weird about the movie is that you've got this real dramatic setup and then you get what it seems like the movie was made for. Because like, I think... This why, is a kid's movie, ultimately. It's a kid's movie, but it doesn't really feel like it would hold the kids unless you're me uh attention because i don't think it did very well yeah, or, like, yeah, it yeah. was nobody lot, many people haven't heard of this movie um it's not a popular film it's just like a couple people who are like i loved that movie as a kid yeah yeah um but um because it starts it's like literally an hour like 45 minutes of just awkward or not awkward but like dramatic adults yeah. being like it takes us what's half happening? the movie to get to the spaceship yeah and then the second half of the movie is almost entirely spaceship just flying around in the spaceship for no real reason exactly just, <laughs> just like going places and him being like get me to get me two miles away i need to think yeah <laughs> so he i go- didn't mean uh <laughs> so we find out what happens is that in 1980, what year? 87 or 78. Um, Max was on a mission to collect a specimen from Earth to study it. Yeah. He just randomly chose one and it was it was David. And he they flew around for a while in light speed researching. And then uh, he brought him back. Yeah, but, but uh, he was like, it was like, you were too young and like, I would kill you if I put you back in time. Well, he says, why didn't you put me back at the time because he's like you we went so fast that they aged eight years but you didn't age he's like okay but why didn't you take me back in time and he was like well that's not how time works you'd have to do some wild shit and it might have killed you and he's like well shit well we have to do it anyway or he's like at this time he's just like take me back to my family yeah i don't want to be a fucking guinea pig for nasa for the rest of my life um which you're not again not sure why he thinks that will happen um you're right, hundred percent. It seems like there must have been a scene where he, yeah, they, they made might the have NASA even taken guy, it out because they were like, "This is a kids' movie." They might have taken it out because they're like, "We can't shit talk NASA." Yeah, like it, lots of reasons. No, but I mean, like, I mean, you're talking about the same time period that like Alf is from, and Alf is very explicitly like, "I have to avoid the government because they'll just kill me." Mm, um, and ET. 
who's referenced. Yes. Yeah, um, <laughs> so I would I would reckon that there was a scene that got cut. Yeah. That it does seem that way. Explains it a little bit more, and like they they were just like, "This is a kids movie." It's a kids movie. You can't say they killed the child. <laughs> um. So for whatever reason, he believes that they're gonna keep him forever, and um. Oh, we didn't really explain that he has like star charts in his head. Yeah. Like he basically Max put, they were like, he explains, we we put a bunch of shit in your brain to see what would happen <laughs> um, because you humans only use a little bit of your brain. So we filled it with like information, like a hard drive. And that's why they could read it. And he's like, well, I don't want that. Um, and And so they were like, I can't take you back to your time but i can't take you back home so they spend the next like 30 minutes just flying making around fucking pit like, stops and like he like mind melts no they don't even get to the pit stops for like a while really? there's a good chunk of this that's just like flying Listen around the in beach the boys ship, going in different no not even the beach boys part that's not for a little while either i'm telling you there's just a whole part <laughs> where it's just like they go up and then yep. they go down and they go sideways and then they come back and like they go somewhere and then the government's like, we can find them there. And they're like, okay, we got to go somewhere else. And and they're not going anywhere in particular yet. They're just flying around. He's like looking at the animal specimens that, oh, yeah. that Max has got in there. And he's like, that that's a cool. queakledy do. And he's <laughs> like made of ink. Don't touch. <laughs> he's got a cold. Yeah, he's got and a cold. And that part is cute. It's uh, very cute. Those are fun puppets. He's got a ton of puppets in the spaceship of like all the cute little guys he's collecting. Yeah. Uh, some of them are scary. Some of them are really cute. Um, but this is what I'm talking about where like there's not a lot of content in the film and so at times that's a good thing and at times it's a bad thing and this is one of the times where it's a bad thing because it's just aimless yeah. it's just aimless stretching of just like how long can we do the it's like um there's a scene in um the never-ending story where the kid is flying on the back of the dragon and he's just like yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> like you just see that scene and that scene goes on for a while yeah. i always think of that as like the perfect example of this kind of filmmaking where you're just like the ship Pat. we're flying the <laughs> ship and he's like it gets pointy in the front so that it can go faster yeah. he's like awesome i love the <laughs> ship we gotta pad the runtime <laughs> Uh, but so then it gets cool again because yeah. there's a fun little bit where they're like okay let, we've had our fun let's go home now and he's like all right well you know at this point he's not talking like a robot anymore he's just talking like Pee Wee Herman. he like mind melds with the kid and learns like human dialect yeah and then he's just like ha 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 like doing weird like peewee shit yeah. um because it's paul rubens apparently which is i never knew because i remember being a kid and my dad just didn't know i guess yeah i remember being like dad is that peewee as the voice and my dad was like no i don't think so no, it's a guy named paul mall <laughs> he's he's credited as paul mall what really yeah he's got a stage name at the time oh so that it wasn't connected yeah i guess so weird well he's doing peewee shit and i remember i guess my dad didn't know it was the same guy yeah because it i thought he was just a different actor doing Paul Rubens, yeah, yeah. Um, but it is him. And they pitch his voice down too. Yeah, so yeah, it's like, like robot in, shit too. In a lot of places, it doesn't really sound like him except when he laughs. So, but yeah, there's he becomes a kids movie alien. Yeah. He's like joking around. <laughs> we're having fun. Yeah, <laughs> Rice Aroni, the San Francisco Street team. So they're doing like a sequence now where they're like, we got to get home now, all right? We've fucked around enough. Let's find home. And they do a fun little thing where they're like, how do we find home? You know? <laughs> yeah. Like, and they're like flying around checking different places and stuff. And like, they're trying to find clues. And they like, and there's a fun 
it's a it's a fun little thing that they didn't need to do at all but that you're like i feel like i was like it, it, it teaching a kid basically like the idea of rewarding you for paying attention to the movie because mm-hmm. like a thing that you completely forget from the beginning of the movie is that the first place he goes when he gets out of the ravine is to his house but his parents don't live there anymore and so then they finally find something where they're like, we must be in Florida. This guy probably has a phone. Let me call somebody on the phone. And then he's like, how do I get to our house? I don't know where the new house is. He calls the brother. That's yeah. like such a little detail that's just like, oh, I wouldn't have even remembered that. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. That he doesn't know where the house is. And the, <laughs> and the brother's like, you know where the drawbridge is? He's like, no. <laughs> Why would I know that? I'm 12. <laughs> uh, yeah, he, he uh, they... He, he they stop at like a weird gas station in florida where big al there's a very funny part where <laughs> he just like starts sh- the the big al guy is like just awestruck because he yeah, just yeah, sees yeah. an alien land and then the the alien yells at him he's like hey fat ass <laughs> <laughs> and he's just like his face doesn't change um so he, they call him and then they're like okay and then they leave to their house basically the plan is that they're gonna start shoot off fireworks so he yeah, can, so find, they the can find it so they go there and then they land and then nasa has already figured out he's probably gonna go home right so they're they're all there cops are there firefighters are there at their parents house and and david is like getting out of the out of the uh spaceship and max is like bye david it was nice to see you i hope everything's fine and he's like fuck this isn't gonna work <laughs> so he goes back into the spaceship much to the chagrin of everyone on the ground he's like we can't they're never gonna let me go we have to go back in time and try it so then you have a fun special effects smorgasbord yeah baby 2001 i kind of <laughs> think it's a bit bullshit though like the the special effects are fun but i think that's kind of like a bullshit cop-out ending for but the movie just like, no we just can't we just can't do yeah. it we will just go back in time and then it'll be fine i kind of wish that they had I, I kind of wish they had the balls to be like, no, this is going to be a weird future for you. Yeah, sorry. Like, uh, whether or not it's like your experiments, you could even do the kids movie thing and just have him get out of the ship and then the dad is just like, you know what, NASA? Fuck, Fuck off. off. Yeah, and they yeah. just like slam the door in their face and you're like, all right, I guess they live happily ever after then. Sure. Like, I would accept that. I kind of hate that they're just like, we can just go back in time. This whole time, that was yeah. always on the table. Uh, yeah, I mean, like, you knew it was possible, but you just thought like he was like, it's too risky. Like yeah. that's all they ever hedged. So it was yeah, like, I just kind of wish that they had just said like, it's you. not possible. That's not how time works. Yeah. I feel you. Um, but that's what they do. And then they, then David is wakes up back in the ravine in 1980 or 78. And, um, everything's fine. He's like, mom and dad, I love you. This is yeah. And they're like, what's brought on this? And, uh, the little kid is like, his brother he's like i love you too and they're like wow what happened what got into you and it's like kind of all a dream they do like a wizard yeah. of oz ending basically of just like uh it didn't happen for anybody else but david except he has the fucking cute alien pet in his backpack yeah <laughs> uh which is very cute and uh then it's over um and his little crush never pays off um nope but sarah jessica parker has nothing to do with this <laughs> right but even the, but even the girl in the beginning who was like looking yeah you know, at i the, know i know that doesn't pay off but i thought it was gonna pay off with sarah jessica parker because i thought he was gonna like hook up with her or something but then i was like <laughs> she's so much older than him very obviously or but she calls him cute and he's like oh hello yeah, but what i imagined watching it this time i was like wait 
there's a little girl that he has a crush on. And then in the future, she's older. Is that her? Is Sarah Jessica Parker the girl he has a crush on? Oh, maybe. And then did, but then you would have thought that he would have been like, oh, you're going to be cool and have purple hair in the future. But they don't, they don't do anything. Yeah, yeah, it does yeah. feel like there's quite a few scenes that get cut out. It's very short. It's like 88 minutes or yeah. something. Um, so yeah, that's the movie. That's Fly the Navigator. Uh, what did you think of it? It's a kid's movie. Yeah, I mean, it's a kid's movie. It's very clearly for kids. I think, uh, I mean, considering that it's a kid's movie and it is for kids, I quite liked it. I think there's a lot of fun in it. I think if you have a kid, I would show it to a kid. Absolutely. I don't think I would recommend you just put it on for yourself. (laughs) Uh, I think as part of a broader, like, 80s movie night, you might like like to watch it like sure if you were watching like if you were doing a night where you're doing like the goonies and like uh gremlins, gremlins <laughs> and uh, uh 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 like never ending story and you're like we need a fourth what's something that like something that we haven't seen a million times yeah this would be a good one to throw in the mix i think it's i think of those movies even now it still holds up a lot better um yeah to me i'd say the only one that i would say probably still beats its ass is um uh uh, never ending story okay which i haven't seen all of yeah never ending story is just so much fun and so ridiculous yeah the goonies is stupid for the most part it's not it's not anything it's like it's just kids being kids it's fun but whatever yeah it was really interesting to to revisit this movie uh I mean, there's some stuff that I remember being really intense, like emotionally yeah. as a kid that I was surprised was still pretty intense emotionally. Like when he goes to the strangers, when he goes to his own home yeah, yeah, and like yeah. strangers live there and he's like sitting on the stairwell and there's like a big wide shot of him just fucking crying being like, I don't want to go home. And he's like a yeah. child, you know, he's a, he's a real 12 year old. And when he like sees his parents and, and he faints and yeah. like, but the fainting isn't like a dramatic faint or He's like, a, like Whoa. He, he like literally just passes out in his mom's arms. Like yeah. it's really intense. Uh, it is. And I, and I think a lot of the beginning of this movie really works for me. Uh, I'm not a child anymore. And a lot of the ending of this movie doesn't work for me. Yes. Um, That's what I was gonna say is the first half of this movie. Very good. Pretty Second good half of movie. This movie like, eh, all right. like honestly, like, if they had taken it, if it was just made for like preteens, which if, the, if like the YA market existed, which I think this why it's not very popular is because the YA market didn't really exist yes. at the time. And it's clearly a teenager movie. It's clearly like a preteen to teenager movie of like, what if this happened to you? And you want right. to have like these kind of scary feelings that you don't usually get to experience in a, in a movie that's made for you. Um, and this is a movie that I think really does it well. Um, and this is what I liked so much about it because I'm a dramatic child right. uh, uh, of just like this kid is in this very intense situation where powers that he doesn't understand between NASA and literal aliens are like fucking with his life and it's very overwhelming. Um, and then it just becomes this fun, like goofy movie for like the last half hour, yeah. um, which doesn't work as well. But I think if I was remaking it today, which I've, I've heard they are thinking of or whatever, um, there was a documentary called something uh, Life of the Navigator Life of like the that, Navigator yeah. which is about the main kid had a very bad very very bad uh, go of it as a uh, child actor 
ki- grown up, uh, you know. But I guess like that's what happens to all of them, right? Drug, drugs, and jail and stuff. So there's a documentary about like everybody after it came out last year, I think. Um, but so if I was gonna make this now, like I feel like I would. I mean, first of all, it would work way better in today's world than then. Because it's like the yeah the subtleties of the difference between 1978 and 1986 is like they're present, but mostly what's vibing him out is that his family is older. I kind of feel like there's some fun to be had in like the immense changes in technology that happen over the course of eight years now. <laughs> That's true. Um, it would be more like an Austin Powers sort of a vibe at times, but like I think like in a more serious way. But what I would want to see in the second half is instead of spending all of our time on the spaceship flying around and whatever, I'd want it to be more like contact where yes. it's like he's having seizures and like nobody knows why they're like, he's, he's like unstuck in time. And like, the only thing that we know is that he has these seizures. And when he has these seizures, he has, he has visions of the ship. Right. And he has visions of this eye and he doesn't know what they mean or what they are. And then finally he has one seizure that he like doesn't come back from. And like in his own perception, at least like he, he has a seizure he doesn't come back from. And he has this whole sequence of flying around in the ship and learning all the stuff about the, the test on humanity and like, you know, meeting the, you know, like gathering up all the animals and whatever. And, 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 you know, we can't send you back in time or whatever because it'll kill you. And he has all this vision and whatever. And then he like, wakes up from the seizure and there's like you just had another seizure man are you okay and he's like no i was on the fucking ship i met the guy and they're like he's crazy (laughs) he's crazy he's like lost his mind yeah and and you can definitely do that kind of movie now uh a lot easier yeah um the problem is is that the big draw of this movie is the fucking amazing special effects. Yeah, you could never do it That now. will never happen. And and I actually watched this week. Um, I w- I'm not going to talk about it until I finish the series, but I watched the first episode of the new Dark Crystal series, okay. Age of Resistance. And it's like, it looks cool. It's, all, it's mostly all puppets. But what's so frustrating about it is like, it's all bathed in CGI light. Mm-hmm. Like they'll show like stuff from really far away and it just looks fake. Yeah. Even though some of it is real because like so much of it isn't. And what isn't real is the light. And you can tell there's like a couple shots where the technology of like the just puppet shots look fucking incredible because they have all these LEDs now and they can like light stuff in really cool ways. There's like this one like matrix sentinel type character. Um, that turns like its eyes turn purple and like light up the the whole scene. But yeah. everything in that, in that scene is, is practical. Almost none of it is CGI I, that I could tell. Um, and it looks fantastic, but then there'll be like clear CGI elements within other shots that just like kind of ruin it. Yeah. It just makes it look like it's all CGI. Then it's like, what's the point of it? If you're like putting dust particles and like, you know, golden light on everything that's makes everything look fake. And I feel like, people just can't help themselves. They're like, well, got to make it look epic. Like yeah. VFX guys just like don't care anymore. Um, and or they so, do, but they don't have like the, they don't have like the buy-in at the highest levels anymore to, to, to do such thing. Like I, yeah, I have faith in the fact that like VFX guys are like the biggest fucking nerds in the world and Some would of them happily are. Yeah, yeah. do this sort of shit. But there's just no buy-in at this point. There's no there's no appetite for for risk to do something like that now. Yeah. No. Absolutely not. I mean, and and also, even though they tried it with Dark Crystal, 
the show Age of Resistance, uh, it got canceled. Yeah. You know, like it, 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 it's just like for speaking its mind yeah, in America, <laughs> for entering the uh, the the world of conversation. <laughs> um, yeah. So. I don't think they should remake this. I these days you say you're a little dog person puppet. <laughs> they throw you in they jail. They throw you right in jail. Uh, yeah. So I, I would say I agree with Jeremy that it it's um, if you are also a thirty something uh, listening to this show, you probably unless you are, I would say go watch that Captain Disillusionment video because it's a fascinating little recap of basically every effect in the movie. Yeah. Um, and how they did it and why the movies really a, a triumph in in for the time um but you don't gotta watch this kids movie it's like basically like a slightly above average like direct-to-vhs movie otherwise yeah yeah, um, yeah. but uh it's cool I, if you have kids definitely a good movie to show like a, a 10 to 15 year old i would say depending on their maturity otherwise yeah. skip it yeah otherwise you can skip it but it's cool for a lot of other reasons if you're into that but it was cool to revisit i gotta say like it was really interesting to like see how those things like fit together in my memory yeah um so think of what what movie is that for me yeah i'm really I'd, I'd be it. really interested to, to do that with something you watched a lot as a kid we should watch the monster truck tape that i watched when i was a kid <laughs> <laughs> is it is it <laughs> does it say monster trucks like is it a uh, commercial or is it no like, it's like the it's called like the the uh, return of the monster trucks it's like the second big the second ever big televised monster truck rally they ever did okay um and so it was like it's like a big television spectacle of like they have like a tv like it's like Claude Aiken and, and like <laughs> Does it have Gravedigger? No, Gravedigger doesn't exist yet. Oh, okay. Um I don't know anything about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's this is pre Gravedigger world. Bigfoot does. It's Bigfoot. Oh, Fo- I remember that. It's yeah. Bigfoot four. And um and, and and it's like uh they're at the Superdome in, in Louisiana. Oh no. And like uh pre pre Katrina. Sure, course. of course. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but it's like uh like they, they have the Superdome and like they have a whole big like uh, TV presenter thing where they're just like these trucks by the way they're they're put up on on you know big chassis and they put giant wheels on they're like explaining to you the idea of a monster truck because you don't know what they are yet yeah I didn't know they yeah. go on like a tour of the course in like a oh monster God, this van so where they're just like sense. driving around just like look at this and this is the part where we drive over the cars and then we go down this mud thing and like <laughs> we're not going to go in the mud right now because uh, you know we, it's, oh, we gotta gotta wait for the show yeah well, I mean we're gonna make a mess and yeah. like we're just not going to do that right now. Yeah, but we, you should get watch, the idea. we should watch this. <laughs> All right. Thanks so much for listening to Generation Loss. Uh, we'll be talking about our childhood monster truck tapes uh, sometime in the future. Uh, but this has been a fun episode. Uh, please, if you'd like to hear more of our show, go to Generation Loss or no, patreon.com slash generation loss, where you will get a weekly bonus episode where we generally talk about the movie news or whatever's on our mind. About, yeah, this week we just talked about nonsense you for know, an hour. Stuff that's important to us uh, or whatever. Or whatever. I don't even remember what we talked about. <laughs> <laughs> it was fun. You'll, you'll have a good time. Uh, but yeah, you can get that there and also Discord benefits where you can watch the movie that we are about to talk about um, on the Sunday before. 
Otherwise, follow us on Twitter at GenLostPod, me at Kinematography, Jeremy at Jeremy Thunder. Um, we've got lots of other projects you can yeah, find there. Yeah, BP Bledis and uh, Albumer. Albumer <laughs> GiantBomb.com. <laughs> That's right. Uh, anyway, talk to you soon. <laughs> bye bye. Why bother? Just hold me close, my darling. 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 Who would dream this? It couldn't mean this. Could it be some type of meanness of where you are? I don't know where to go And no one else seems to know